Hey folks, episode 135 of the Phil Swallow podcast. For full disclosure of information, I am recording this on Monday the 27th of February 2023. And I've just noticed that for some reason my Apple Watch thinks I want to dictate what I've just told you into my watch. I don't. I just hope it doesn't now recall the whole podcast. I don't think it is. Anyway, how are you doing? Hope you're doing well. Title of this podcast episode is Changing Things. Uh, because I'm, I'm a big thinker. don't necessarily think of big things, but I think quite a lot. I suppose we all do. Uh, but it's also uh, partly, I think, to do with the stuff that I do creatively, which for the most part is my YouTube work. Within that, there's other local history kind of stuff. And I was thinking... I need to get back, I always say this, you know, regular listeners will know this, but I think I don't want to get back to a rhythm of updating the, updating, of creating these podcasts. I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, so I'm going to commit to doing that. Um, I, Wednesdays was my day before. That may stay the same, but I might flip to Mondays. I don't know. But it, it'll be every week and I'll try and keep it to a, a schedule. Uh, generally, the Wednesday slot used to work, so maybe I'll try for that one. But I just felt I've not, I've not done enough this year, even though there's been a lot going on. And probably because there's been a lot going on, I've not done enough podcasts. Anyway, back to the show. It's kind of in order, um, but, I, I, you know, it doesn't matter really in a podcast if you jump about. I, I do notes. I do one of these little note app things. So and my first sort of comment is I want to bring a, I'll just knock the microphone there uh, I just want to bring a connection to the podcast to what I'm doing uh, so it's still going to be a bit kind of Dear Diary-ish but it will be relevant to whatever I'm working on at that particular time and that could be a particularly research heavy piece it could be a really successful shoot it could be a follow up to that it could be anything but it's going to be kind of relative to that so that if you discover me through the videos and you just want to get a little bit more backstory, it should make sense. That's why I say it's about bringing a connection to that. So hopefully that makes sense. You know what's going to happen, don't you? I'm still going to cover the same kind of stuff, but that's going to be the focus. You need to have a focus, otherwise it is a bit kind of, oh, what's going to do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? You know, no one wants to hear that. Well, I don't think you do. So yes, current activities relating to my film output is evolving it a bit, really. Um, you know, uh, I've been doing this for a little while now, the podcast, not as frequently as I would like, but it's um, it, things do evolve, and, and that's really what I'm trying to share with you today. Now, firstly, one thing I notice is that from time to time in the notes that accompany the episode, I put in links. So when I upload it and publish it, there's an actual kind of little icon thing that you can select and make sure that you are sharing an actual hyperlink to a website uh, or, you know, video, whatever, still on the web. And when I went back and looked at those, they didn't seem to manifest themselves as I expected. So if you were looking at the notes relating to this podcast on, say, the Apple Podcast app, I couldn't see that pressing it was any different to pressing a standard piece of flat text. So... I don't know what that's all about, and it might be that in future I just need to reference. Um, I mean, if you go to philswallow.com, you'll see my links, my social links are all on there. Um, I've got a kind of bio sites, which I publish in a lot of places. 
uh, people get in touch with me from what I put on my YouTube channel. I'm out there, guys. Uh, so if you ever needed to bring something to my attention, please do. Uh, and I'd be most grateful, I hope. Um, so yeah, link's not working. Now, qu a quick story about a projector. Stay tuned, honest, please. You, you're, this will be worth it. So I borrowed a projector for the talk that I mentioned about in my last episode. And it was a very good projector made by BenQ, uh, BNQ, and uh, it did a job. And they were happy to say if I wanted it or borrow it again, that was fine. But I thought, well, it's probably not a bad thing to have in my possession anyway, uh, get my own one. And it means I've got that kind of uh, flexibility. You know, someone said, look, uh, can you come and do a talk or whatever? Uh, we've got a big white wall. Will that do? I can say yes, because I've got a very good projector. And of course, you know, research being research, uh, it was a case of keeping the focus because many projectors now are kind of small, short throw, probably designed to be in an apartment or a small room, maybe living room. Uh, and the design for showing the football or, or whatever it might be. I wanted something that was more business use because I'm going to be putting on their text and maps and your graphics and things like that. So that was my focus. And it became obvious to me that there is a declining requirement for such things because nowadays, if you go to any <clears throat> dedicated presentation space, you're just going to be hooking into a system that will have HD screens or, uh, you know, you'll be plugging your computer or maybe a USB stick or whatever into a system that already exists. But this particular one that I did was just showing on a white wall um, in, in the St. Anthony's Church uh, for before the last episode. So I wanted something that had that flexibility. And I went to eBay and found a company that do reconditioning of old kind of surplus stock which I assume they buy them from businesses schools you know companies that no longer require them and it's a good way of recycling in a way and the lamp being the you know the workhorse the engine of the uh, a projector like that meant that that was the thing that people would look for how many hours the lamp has used and that always comes up on the display on the menu option for these uh, devices and they advertise one that was a specific model that had lots of connectivity options, you know, Ethernet and USB and various other things. And I was in favour of uh, those kind of options. Maximum flexibility, really, so it could plug in via HDMI and so on and so forth. So that was fine. Uh, found a model. Now, it was a little bit confusing because on their listing, they had specific photos of a model that had the connectivity. And in the wider description on eBay, it had cover, covering three different um, model numbers. This was uh, Hitachi. Uh, so I thought, okay, um, but I ordered it anyway. Had to chase them up a bit about the sending and all that, but it arrived. Um, I unboxed it and it wasn't the right model. It was a much more basic model, yet it was kind of £10 more than they were advertising them for anyway. Uh, when I say advertising, it was £10 more than they were advertising similar models because I thought it had more features. Uh, anyway, long story short, I said this isn't acceptable, got a refund, sent it back to them. They paid for the label and all that. It was all, all done very well and amicably. And I went back onto eBay and I saw one that said, brand new in box, uh, never used, 
purely open to take the photographs. Uh, so I, I thought, I said photographs, funny then. Anyway, you, you get the drift. And I thought, well, I'll just double check with them what the story was. And they said it was bought for office use. Pandemic came, no longer a use, needed to sell it. So I was looked, at, looked up this model and it was something like $650. I could only find the US <coughs> reference to it. Uh, Hitachi again, $650, loads of connectivity, probably more than the previous one that I'd kind of gotten sent back. And I made them a, an offer. Um, and now this is really interesting on eBay because I think they were asking something like $89.99 or best offer. And I went in to put in an offer and you're allowed to do three. And it said, and this is just, you know, how the algorithms and whatever it is works. It said, they may be interested in offers around £67.49. Oh, quite where they calculate that from, who knows. I just put in an offer of £68. Half a day later, they accepted it. Brilliant. Uh, there was a you know, career fee on top of that. And it came and it is absolutely brand new. Uh, all the kind of cellophanes there, the, the clips had never been untwisted for the cables. Um, astounding quality. Uh, I fired it up just to double check it was all fine and it's fine. I've still got to do a proper test, but I connected it up enough to make sure that it was all working. And why shouldn't it? It was brand new. Uh, the, the little kind of icon on the menu that says how many hours of lamp usage was zero. Uh, so I got myself a bargain and I think that was because people aren't buying them anymore. Like I mentioned, people just, you know, they're, they're not really using these in an office environment anymore and, and probably schools are the same. Um, but I've got this. Not only is it useful here because I've still got, I used to uh, have transparency slides and little slideshows and things for the family or whatever. So I've still got a screen um, and actually subject to how it performs in testing, I could probably use this to just connect my laptop up and do a photo display, just, you know, a kind of family setup. So I was really, really pleased with that bargain, uh, almost bargain of the, well, certainly of the month, if not m much more, much longer. So uh, that will help me as and when I need it. But the point is I didn't pay a lot. I paid the same as I would have done for a heavily used secondhand one that had been in a school all its life. And I've got a brand new, um, you know, projector here. So I had to think of it then. So back to video work. All of my Peak District videos are now done and live. Views are kind of okay, not anything to write home about. Um, I I kind of think that it's one of those where there's not really a, it's not like it's a news item and there's a demand, although obviously if there is a news item, then people will search for those sort of things. But I think if you're planning a holiday, it might just be another one that will come up on the mix when you're searching on YouTube uh, for videos of where we've been. So I've tagged it all in that to help that. So I'd held back. I, I knew how I was going to release them uh, to be fairly short videos covering the trip in a number of different kind of segments. And when I was having a quiet week or not able to get out through the weather to do filming of what I wanted to do locally, I would just drop those out live. So they're all done now. Peak District is done, excuse me, it's out there and I can focus back on my original schedule. Uh, now, one that I released and went down extremely well so far uh, was about the life of Benjamin Beeson, who was the police 
officer of Sanderstead when there was a mounted police force in the uh, 19th century. And he fought in the Charge of the Light Brigade. Um, that was prior to him being a policeman in Sanderstead. Uh, no no uh, evidence anymore of the police station existing, but, you know, it's all long gone, replaced by housing. But the story I thought was really good to tell. I found loads of information in the research. Uh, he was a local hero. Um, I've had some really nice comments. Uh, the viewing figures, which I occasionally do on here, I look on it live. Um, just had a comment on one of my videos, so I'll have to go and look at that. So, content. Um, we've got 356 views in two weeks, 28 likes. So, it's a nice story. Uh, and he was buried in uh, the graveyard at All Saints Church in Sunstead, and I found a picture that was taken of the funeral on this winter day in uh, at the end of um, 1908. So it was uh, it was a good story to tell, and I think there are plenty more out there. So then I worked on my Whiteleaf video. Um, this is something that uh, kind of going back to what I do, what I enjoy doing, which is the walk and talk series. And I, I must admit, I did a filming of it a couple of weeks back, and I wasn't happy. There were some technical issues that I wasn't happy with, and I went out and did the whole thing again. Uh, sometimes you can just go out and fill in the blanks. Others, it is better to just say, no, actually, if you're not happy with it, you'll never be happy with it. Well, you probably won't be happy with it in the future. So I decided that I would just uh, go with uh, a reshoot, and, and that's what I did. So I had my plan set up using the Whiteleaf Roundabout as a hub, went off in kind of north, south, east and west directions, and told the story of each of those kind of routes uh, I put it live, oh, just one thing going back, the edit for the Benjamin Beeson video was extremely challenging technically. Uh, it was within my capability, but it took quite some time. Um, but sometimes you get the payback. Again, you know, that number of views for my channel in a couple of weeks means I got the payback. So with Whiteleaf, uh, I put that live just before 1pm yesterday. And thankfully, YouTube, I, I didn't know if it was a one-off at the time, but now they give you an exact timing of when your video is likely to be ready. Uh, and that's brilliant because you can you know, plan and prepare around it. So I put it live and within only a few minutes, uh, the views started coming in. And they've been pretty steady since then. So that was, it's now 3.23. So that's a day and about one, two, three, two and a half hours. So 26 and a half hours, 146 views. So I have I did do a little post on Facebook, but that's only really my friends and my friends who happen to, to go on the site. Uh, but I've not really done any other posting on Twitter or Nextdoor, which I do from time to time. And to get that engagement is, uh, is amazing and extremely pleasing. Um, you can do a little bit of investigation to find out what the sources are that are driving people to your video. Um, and there's one called browse features, which I believe is something that YouTube kind of just place in front of people in front of people's eyes when they're browsing YouTube. And if they like the look of maybe my thumbnail or the subject matter, they'll click on it and hopefully, hopefully they will be one of my subscribers. Uh, for for years to come, um, 
I again I astounded really that I've not had to do too much promotion. It's gone down well. Uh it's actually had I didn't did I read out the number of likes? Uh, let's go back screen to screen. Seventeen likes. Um and quite a few comments as well, which is really nice. So uh yeah, I mean I I love doing these. Um I've I'm finding that I'm getting into a rhythm for them now. Uh quite how long it takes to sort of do an end-to-end walk and talk video is is interesting I was talking to Sue about this the other day it's probably between six and seven man days working days whatever you want to call it uh seven hour days um maybe you could do it within six uh which includes all the research documenting moving it around um re 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 researching re-documenting uh the filming is probably the easiest part. Uh, there's only a bit of prep I do, microphone and testing all the gear, batteries and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then the editing, you know, good couple of days or so. And uh, yeah, so I guess it's worth knowing that. And I think I'm going to try and actually, as if I was billing for it, uh, for the next one um, that I do from fresh, I'm actually going to do that so that I know if a client comes along, I can actually say, well... This is what it's going to cost you. Um, and hopefully they say, great, go ahead. Can I pay you more? No. Uh, so back to the the uh, podcast even. and almost forget, forgot what it was. Um, this week's option is lighter on the filming front. Um, I might as well tell you because then if, if you do listen to the podcast, you've got a sneak preview. So I'm going to visit Wallingham Green and I've got some old photos taken of a wider Wallingham area but I'm focusing this one just on the green it's a number of different angles and what I'm going to do is record video today from as near as I can get to the same location same framing same angles uh, show the video to some nice music nostalgic music uh, where I sort of focus the camera now dissolve back to the original and then come back again so you literally in each sequence in each scene if you like you're stepping back in time and hopefully that will go down well Uh, I've used it in my videos in the past in smaller chunks and I've been pleased with it I think it's gone down quite well with uh, with with other people so that's the plan this week I'm I've actually got printed off copies of the pictures so I can be 100% sure however I look at it that I've got the right angles and uh, I'm going to try and find an, an hour or so this week to pop out. I did say with Sue, she could be a second pair of eyes on it and I'll buy her a coffee on the green if we can get that done. <laughs> We've ended up being having quite a busy week though, so but we, I'm sure we can get there. I'm really sure we can get there. Uh, so that's that. And then after that, it's probably going to be a slightly heavier schedule. Uh, I've been working uh, for some time on the Croydon, Croydon typhoid outbreak of 1937. Uh, I've got all the information. I've worked it a few times as to what I want to say at which particular location. Uh, Probably not looked at that for a couple of weeks now, so I'm going to revisit that, blow the dust off it, maybe get some stuff down on post-it notes and move it around a a whiteboard or whatever just to to help with the panning process, throw back to kind of business days, and then uh, I will shoot and edit that. So uh, it's a story I know very well. It's just about how I tell it. Um, my thinking is 
that I will open with the literally the the flow of water in the area, the supply of water in the area, and the uh, and the component parts that make that up from the the well pumping station five minutes around the corner from here to the water tower at the top of the hill to the reservoir at the top of the hill uh, and therefore how it feeds from there into homes and then what actually happened in 1937. So I'm looking forward to that because it's been something that's uh, that's been on my um, on my radar if you like for some considerable time. So uh, this felt a bit random a bit disjointed almost but hopefully it isn't and hopefully it still comes across as reasonably professional. So that was episode 135, Changing Things, of the Phil Swallow podcast on the 27th of Feb, 2023. Look after yourselves, and I'll speak to you in the next one.